This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Frasier Productions. Welcome to The Deciders with Renee Frazier. This is Renee Frazier, the founder and CEO of Frazier Communications. We're the leading woman-owned and woman-led advertising communications firm in Southern California. We specialize in changing behavior to grow brands, and we truly want to use communications to improve the world, to make it a better place. We do that in the private and in the public sector, and most recently, mostly in the public sector, working heavily with the Department of Public Health and messaging around COVID-19 preventing the spread. But on the deciders, I like to feature leaders in their fields, change agents, and I want to talk about how we move ourselves through COVID-19, particularly as business people. We all know how much COVID-19 has affected hospitals and businesses as we work remotely. We've been talking about how to do that better. But I want us also to think about how do we think through coming out of this as we're now entering the recovery phase in May and June here in the Los Angeles area. To explore that, we're going to talk about hospitals and what that applies to business with an excellent consultant and business leader. Her name is Kim Athman King. She's the founder and president of Strategy Advantage. It's a boutique healthcare strategy company based in Los Angeles. Kim and I had the good fortune to work together on Cedar sinai Communications, and I'm delighted to have her on the show. Kim, welcome back to The Deciders. Thank you, Renee. It's a pleasure to be joining you in this conversation today. You know, Kim, we've been hearing about the challenges COVID-19 has created for hospitals and the changes they're seeing. Can you tell me a little bit about the changes, particularly as they move back to uh, elect, uh, elective surgeries and uh, do not just focus on COVID-19? Because so, I think that's part of the recovery process for hospitals and will also apply to businesses. Right. Yes. So, um Obviously, um, healthcare has been largely affected. Um, every industry and all of the economy and all of us personally have been affected. But healthcare in particular, on the one hand, you know, we've got these healthcare leaders and workers that we are applauding across the world for the great work that they're doing. Um, but they have been um, dealing with some very extreme transitions. Um, one of our clients that I spoke with just a couple of days ago talked about how this has been an amazing time of leading in the moment and changing on the fly. And mm. so there's been this extraordinary amount of transitions that they've made um, in a very quick period of time to allow and accommodate, you know, COVID-specific care and processes and procedures and units distinct and separate from the non-COVID processes, procedures, and units. And, and that's an important transition that will need to continue for some time as the healthcare, you know, provides these safe environments. Um, the other thing that they've done is, is turned on a dime with um, some of the new trends and the new technologies that have enabled them to continue to service their communities and their patients during these times. So kind of these quick transitions and um, that they've so far done, the trends and the technologies that have enabled them to support what they're doing. But the kind of preparation for transition back now is a bit of the focus as as um, everyone is kind of awaiting the, the time for kind of the ramp up again of some of these essential services. 
I think people have to consider and reflect on what's going to be changed in the environment and and start to contemplate as opposed to just assuming everything will go back to the way it was, which which it won't, of course. Mm-hmm. And we also are seeing a, probably a staggered effort. There may even be other periods when uh, uh, COVID comes back at a high level and certain workers have to work from home. So there does have to be a consideration, right, of how do we structure the work environment to still be productive but reflect those new realities. Any advice in that area? Well, I would say that, you know, again, as I've been working with our healthcare clients, but also as I've been considering this inside of my own company and watching what other businesses and corporations are doing, I think we all know clearly that um, while there's a lot of discussion about the new normal, um, that nothing will naturally be normal um, for any time in the near future and potentially never uh, normal like we've known it in the past on a going forward basis. That said, I believe that there is a a fair amount of this kind of adjusting back that we can start preparing for that starts to kind of very carefully consider the combination of what we've learned during this period of time and and what we know to be our normal on a going forward basis. I believe that um, we're going to find this right balancing of kind of what we can do in person versus what we can um, continue to deploy um, related to virtual workforces and the technology that has become very important tools of that right. on a going forward basis yeah in the case of healthcare we you know we know that uh, uh, telehealth had been a reality but hardly implemented, and now of course. People are very accustomed to speaking to their doctor through FaceTime or Zoom or a Skype meeting. And, and I should say that uh, all the uh, uh, doctors in the hospitals have a, a secured HIPAA mm-hmm. regulated way of doing that so that that could continue. You know, one of the physicians I was talking to was explaining how older patients coming in who also have, for instance, a partner they're taking care of commuting and driving in to see a, a physician has often been a problem. And now, The doctors and the patients themselves are accepting that perhaps I could do the same thing through telehealth. So you'll probably see that become much more a common phenomenon where it was resisted in the past. Do you expect that? Well, I think the, I, everyone um, is very, very um, consistent in the general orientation of the adoption of telehealth during this period of time has been phenomenal. Um, hospitals, health systems, doctor groups have seen 500, 600%, 1,000% increases in the adoption, the utilization from their providers and from the patients in the use of virtual care. Um, so it has been phenomenal. And um, a research study that just came out, Forrester Research, um, is more or less indicating that by the time we get to year end here in 2020, we're going to see virtual care visits top 1 billion, which is just an astounding number related to what's been going on in, in, um, in years past. Now, so the question is, you know, do we expect that this will all continue at that pace? Um, probably not at that pace, no, but not at most that pace, of, right? yeah, no, not at that pace. But it, but there are most people, most leaders, healthcare leaders, are expecting that um, this is um, a set of practices 
um, and a component of healthcare that we don't expect will go away, that, that we're going to see this much more present in the way in which healthcare is going to be delivered going forward. How that happens exactly um, is yet to be determined. Um, the way in which health systems kind of ramped up very quickly, uh, once we get through this curve, um, they'll probably reassess how they've established um, their telehealth platforms and refine and, and perfect them a bit more as they then take it out going forward. Um, but yes, this has been a wonderful um, um, solution for healthcare these last few months. And I think we've you know, they, got a lot of people that are aware of it and are used right. it and are going to likely um, prefer it Continue. going More forward. Preferred. Yeah, I, I can certainly see that as an option for people. I think people are benefiting from uh, the time that they gain back uh, for commuting and travel. I know on the business side, people are re-examining the need for the amount of travel they did and the amount of face-to-face meetings. And, of course, we've all been forced to learn better how to use WebEx and Zoom and GoToMeeting. And uh, you can see the enhanced productivity as a result of not having the time. Of course, there's a balance, just as there is in healthcare. You want to still have some of that human contact and uh, mm-hmm. a bonding, if you will, and sharing. But there's also the, uh, the added advantage. I, I also feel that uh, there will be some issues around, of course, the safety of traveling. But that's a separate discussion. Let's talk about leadership. You mentioned leading in the moment, uh, which is, of course, uh, uh, another part of this being realizing how resilient you have to be as a leader. Any other thoughts on what has, how this has impacted management and leadership within the healthcare arena or in the business environment? Yes, you know, so um, I would say that, you know, certainly with uh, healthcare leaders, uh, this leading in the moment um, is is maybe um and I may be uh stretching a little bit here but I don't think so. You know, healthcare leaders are are accustomed to and prepared for um kind of disaster, you know, crises and and they have a great capability to kind of rise up and lead amidst, you know, very difficult circumstances and um they've done quite well as a result um in these last few weeks. Um, but there are also the elements of just the human um, components of this, the stress, the anxiety, the tenseness, et cetera. So kind of managing um, kind of that while you're managing kind of the, the tactical comparts, components of managing in the moment, very, very important, and something as well that every business leader um, is dealing with as they consider kind of the human aspect, aspects of their workforce amidst um, mm-hmm. the, you know, the practical kind of what do we need to turn on and turn off today, what do we need to prepare for tomorrow, et cetera. Um, so I think that's been very, very real for all leaders. And the other thing that's very, um, very real, I think, for all leaders as well is this, is this kind of tug and pull of how do I manage in the moment and take care of what I have to take care of today? And how do I balance that at the same time with kind of thinking and preparing for the months and the years ahead? You know, um, we like to at our, at my company, Strategy Advantage, think about that from the context of what we refer to as the zig and the zag. You know, the, the current, the proven, the tried and true today, and the zagging and the preparation for where we go in, into the, into the tomorrow. And mm. so that too is something very, very important for every, every business leaders to kind of be thinking about their, 
workforce, their cash flow, their business priority mm-hmm. today to bring significant focus to that, but to as well make sure that there's enough room in the space of a day and a week to be pondering and to preparing for where does the business need to be positioned, kind of considering everything going forward. Good point. Very good point. I wanted to add two things that have come up. I've been doing a lot of interviews with people around the changes people expect and self-reflection people leaders have had related to how they see themselves moving forward. And two things have come up that I think echo what you've said. And they they came up in the healthcare arena, but they transcend other businesses. One is the importance of communicating and over-communicating to your team, how reassuring that is, how valuable it is, and how needed it is, and that the need for that probably won't go away. The second was the the importance of listening to the people on the floor, so to speak. There's a Japanese phrase for that of going to the floor so that the leaders are not just getting the information transferred up, 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 up the levels, right? But there's actual conversations with uh, the people that, in this case, are delivering the care or the service and uh, and an opportunity for them to share their concerns. And leaders have said they see those two things impacting how they will lead in the future. So I do think you'll see some changes. But I love your zig and zag. You know, you you run a, a strategic consulting practice. So getting people to think on the horizon, right, and through the trends is probably, you know, a, 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 certainly a tenant of your organization. And now more than ever, I think people are aware that they have to think through what's possible, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah. and what we're hearing a lot as well, and, and I'm sure that this is part of the conversations in pretty much every uh, Zoom and or other executive or business meeting in all industries, and that is this orientation of pivots. You know, to what degree do we think about the pivoting of our core strategies? To what, de- to what degree do we really consider, as you've just noted, Renee, kind of a pivot orientation to how we manage and how we lead and we communicate on a going forward basis? You know, and I am a strong believer in times like these that are particularly challenging. You know, what, what, what have we found in terms of key learnings that we may not have found uh, without a crisis like this? And are there elements of the way in which we've been communicating, you know, going to the floor, you know, kind of going square on and, and, and being more personal with our teams and kind of, and, and has, as we've made adjustments to the way in which we do business, what have we learned through all of that that actually should be continued going forward because it's actually potentially better than what we've done before. And to You're kind right. of assess all of that out, I think, is a really important exercise for business leaders. You're right. And, and the shock to the system has allowed that. I think it's also for the leaders to reflect, but also to ask their employees, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Learn from them what they see and give them the opportunity to share what they've learned. One of the things that we, we see in business is how how valuable remote working has become. Again, something that people had uh, doubted was work because of the trust factor, now realizing that remote work has a lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think in the, in the uh, healthcare arena, probably the same thing, giving people the opportunity, those who do not have to be at the hospital or at the doctor's office, maybe the, some administrative people. Do you see the work, the remote working affecting the industry? Um, well, it's, you know, it's, it's certainly um, been applied um, 
pretty extensively, you know, where there have been large um, groupings of workers in healthcare that have been deployed into these virtual work settings. And as I've been working with them um, over the course of the last few weeks, um, they are kind of full speed ahead. And those folks that are working virtually are working very actively using all of the technology tools available to them. There is a bit of uh, weariness um, that mm-hmm. everyone is feeling, you know, mm-hmm. zoomed out. And, you know, working remotely and working virtually has a different set of feelings around it all. Um, And, you know, where you might have otherwise worked eight hours or sometimes 10 hours or so in an office-based environment, that amount of time applied, you know, in front of your screen and in these virtual work environments creates a different type of dynamics in terms of productivity and kind of the the tiredness and or the weariness at the end of the day. So how we kind of factor that in and the way in which we kind of uh, account for that, I think is very, very important. Um, You know, I, we are doing everything we can to create those personality or those, you know, kind of human moments. How do you do that virtually? You've got to create laughter. You've got to somehow find ways to bring people together and just give people that room to feel personal, as personal as we can. Um, So I think long story short, Renee, yes, we're going to see a whole lot of this remote virtual work environment um, used on a going forward basis. And again, I think my same theory applies. I think the combining of in-person and virtual in a, in, in kind of a good kind of productive balancing is what we're going to um, figure out as we go such that we can optimize virtual and remote workplaces, but still allow for that human touch that I think is very important to people. Good, good, good thinking. I appreciate that. Now, as we go forward, some of the things you think will cause the most change in the in the hospital arena. What are some of those? I know you talked about elective procedures maybe changing. This is part of a pivot discussion, mm-hmm. probably. What do you right. see changing? So a, a lot, um, and it's mm-hmm. hard to predict everything right now. But um, a couple of things that we we can clearly see. So certainly, elective procedures, as we all know, were um, halted um, t- to a large degree um, um, as hospitals needed to allow for room capacity, protective gear, kind of staffing, et cetera, in the midst of, of COVID. So um, we're going to now see the appropriate um, ramping back up and or restoration um, of those elective um, surgeries and procedures, and that's going to happen in a kind of phased way. In the same that, same way that we're seeing our economies reopening in phased ways, we're going to see hospitals phasing back in elective surgeries, and I'll leave it up to the clinical people to describe the best way to do that. Um, but that is going to come back. Now, what also might occur as there's consideration of procedures and um, and services offered up by hospitals and healthcare systems are these questions of the places for care you know do do you know is 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 the best place and or is is as um, hospitals are reopened and elective services are are reprovided 
Um, are they provided in a hospital-based setting, or will there be places where some of these procedures might be offered up and provided in more of the ambulatory, closer-to-home settings? So that is a question that I think we're going to see um, kind of worked out inside of healthcare in the coming weeks, months, and years. Uh, we talked already about the technology and the virtual care and how that will have a place for healthcare uh, going forward. And I think the other thing we're going to see is potentially, and I hope, some very interesting collaborations as it relates to maybe larger urban um, kind of centers um, aligning with and, and affiliating with some of the smaller rural hospitals as we kind of try to provide this um, more collaborative way in which we can balance out access to services in the larger cities and in the smaller communities. And so I do hope that that, that will kind of um, move forward as we work through some of the inequities um, that we're seeing playing out um, across the country. Yeah, so the uh, economic inequities and the, uh, the just the problems that we see with uh, people of color in terms of the incidence of COVID-19 and infection and death has really uh, made the inequities clear. And you're right, perhaps there'll be better quality service and certainly uh, coverage, health insurance coverage for everyone. I know, Kim, we're coming down to the end. Is there any last piece of advice you'd like to give to business managers, owners, and leaders as they think about how to, uh, how to manage through COVID-19 and to think about the future better for their businesses? Yeah, you know, I would, I, I, I mentioned at the start that, you know, we've all, as leaders, um, made some very significant and very fast transitions as we've adjusted our own businesses. And I would say that we need to be thinking about how we transition back in the midst of a very changed environment. You know, what have we done before that will probably continue to going forward? And what do we need to pivot on and or alter as we think about our services, our work, kind of our mission, our focus in relevant and meaningful ways going forward. Um, so I think that's an important set of questions to process through. And I think the other thing I would just say is, you know, we as leaders were people too, feeling and, and impacted in many ways um, by all of this as well. And so how do we individually lead, you know, how do we get up every morning and, and putting put on that leader face and keep ourselves going? And, you know, so that kind of intentionality to kind of trying to keep ourselves focused and, you know, kind of working through the practicality and the reality of everything, but also kind of bringing a positive kind of future forward orientation to kind of the world and how we kind of have a vision for um, tomorrow um, for our companies and for our, our teams um, are is very important. Uh, thank you, Kim. This has been very helpful advice for in the healthcare arena as well as in the business world that we uh, as we face uh, the changes that are occurring. Uh, we've been talking with Kim Athman King, the founder and president of Strategy Advantage, a boutique healthcare strategy company based in Los Angeles. Kim King had to leave early because of a prior commitment. I wanted to wrap up the show with five things I learned from Kim that will apply to all of our businesses as we move through the COVID-19 interruptions and disruptions to our work and look to recovery. The first point I'd like to make is what she told us about leadership and how that changes. She spoke of 
leading in the moment and being able to do that in many ways. I think uh, I haven't thought about that. Many of us like to lead based on our own leadership style and what we've read, but leading in the moment gives us a lot of internal strength and a lot of capability. As a part of that, she talked about the importance of communication. So my second point is being able to communicate regularly with your employees and more frequently than we ever did in the past, that's going to continue. It's very clear that we need to have communications to resolve issues, and we know that younger workforce want that kind of regular communication. A third point that she made that we've heard from several of our business leaders is go to the floor. Be willing to meet with and talk to the people getting the work done, the people that interact with your customers, the people that are delivering the product. You're going to learn so much from those people. I think we see that on um, uh, you know, the boss shows where they disguise the boss and he goes in to work with people that are doing the actual work and see so much more about how it could be improved as well as their genius, if you will. So that third point is go to the floor, be willing to learn from those that are doing the work, not just from the leaders and managers that report into you. And fourth was her concept of zigging and zagging. I've never heard that phrase before. And that's really a management philosophy. The zigging is the day-to-day work, using the tried and true methods, getting that business plan done, going after those new business clients, having those management meetings. But the zagging is thinking about what's going to be new for tomorrow. And as she advised us, set aside time to contemplate that, to go to uh, listen to podcasts, read articles, think about what's going to be new tomorrow because there are going to be changes. And one of the changes she referred to that I think we have to recognize is our work environment is going to be changing. And that's my next point. There's going to be a combination of in-person and virtual. And as we look at our work environments, we have to decide how are we going to make that work for our employees? And of course, listening to them will be important. And that means thinking about opportunities for people to more frequently meet virtually, virtual meetings, less travel, but also making the in-person meetings. And the last point that I heard from Kim is this notion of even thinking about pivoting. I don't think many of us, we think about iterating our business, adapting it, but the literal notion of pivoting, do we take a strength or a skill or a service that we have been able to provide during this very difficult period and make that a new revenue stream for our business? Many of you out there are probably consulting with your clients and the businesses on how to manage with COVID. Now's the time to think, what have we done that I can build into another revenue stream and sustain as part of my business? Well, thank you for listening as we heard from Kim Athman King about how we adapt as business leaders in this very difficult time. Thanks for listening. Parisian Communications, as you know, is the sponsor of this show. We're a full-service advertising and communications firm. You can contact us at FraserCommunications.com to learn more. The show is available on podcasts that are found at the FraserCommunications.com website. Thank you for listening to The Deciders with Renee Frazier. Please stay healthy and stay safe. Talk to you next week. This show is pre-recorded and furnished by Frasier Productions.